This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Well, hello. I've been meaning to record this for a while. So I don't even know where I was, where we were, where, where things were happening. I know I haven't played Worlds Without Numbers since the last time that uh, we talked, um, but I know we have played D&D. Um, I believe it was the night of the dragon fight that I talked about last time. Um, pre, pre-night of the dragon fight. Um, so I'm going to go over that. If I went over it again, well, you can jump ahead or something. I don't even know. Um, but I will talk about more interesting stuff afterwards. So, um, I had left, uh, them off, like, with, with the dragon, you know, there's a dragon here and he wants to fight you. And this was such a great fight. I used an Imperial dragon from 2C Games. Um, they have a total kill, total party kill bestiary, one and two. Uh, this was in one, I believe. Um, and it's a great creature. It's, um, like CR 25, I think I want to say. Uh, maybe higher, I don't know. Um, it had an armor class of 25. It had uh, three legendary actions. It had five legendary saves that I didn't even touch. Um, it had uh, magic resistance, which in 5e is you have advantage on saving throws. It had literal resistant to spells. So any spells that it took damage from, it automatically took half damage. Uh, if it's saved from a spell, no, no, no. So if it's saved from a spell, it took a quarter damage. Um, it was resistant to a couple of things, fire and cold, and it was, um, immune to something. Can't remember. Force, 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 force. So, yeah, um, their heavy hitter was out. Uh, he, um, had to work that night, so he was out. So what we had was, um, the warrior. And the warrior, um, he does as much damage in a round as the, the heavy hitter, uh, but in smaller chunks. Oh, yes. And, um, the dragon had damage resistance 15. That means it subtracted 15 hit points from the damage that was done to it every single time. Um, so, uh, which the heavy hitter, he does about 60 hit points per hit. And they would have had, um, two of those around. So 60 minus 15, still 45 damage. That's a 90 round, round, 90 damage per round. The fighter, who also does 60 hit points, does it over four rounds. So on average, that's 15 hit points each. Yeah, not so good. Fortunately, the, the fighter's a battle master and he has um, some other ability, uh, Basher, I think it is, uh, when he crits with a uh, bludgeoning weapon, he uh, the rest of his hits that round are rolled with advantage. So very cool stuff for him, right? But it sucks because he's doing, like literally he's doing like four damage per hit, okay? Um, the mage cast fireball and it was like seven damage. Lightning bolt was like 14. 
<laughs> so they're chipping away at 200... Uh, God, no, it was like 320, I think. I think it was 320 hit points. So they are chipping away at this. Basically, this thing has 600 hit points. It's 640 hit points they have to get through um, with all the um, resistance it's calculated for, you know? And the damage it does, it's, uh, it was doing as much as the star spawn did. Um, I remember talking about the star spawn, I think, uh, how they uh, did way more damage and had way more attacks than I thought. Uh, this thing I knew wailed, you know? Uh, three attacks around, uh, claw claw bite, uh, or, uh, and it could substitute a breath weapon for one of its attacks, I think. Um, I don't think that's how I played it. I played it as a normal breath weapon. So, um, yeah, boom, breath weapon. Um, the breath weapon was, uh, it was a cone of force or a line of force, I think. I think they were both force, I don't remember. Um, but the line, it, it was, <laughs> I only used it once, but it was devastating. It was like 12d12 or something, 10d12 or something crazy. Um, there, the legendary attacks were he could charge and add a d6 for every 20 feet that he moved. Uh, or no, add a d12 for every 20 feet he moved. Something like that. Add a, add a damage die for every uh, 20 feet he moved. Um, he grappled those in uh, with a bite attack. Um, and he had this special trick that if he was under 100 hit points and took more than 100 hit points, it would knock him, to, he could choose to, to have it knock him to 50 instead. Um, just so buffed up. Like, I didn't even use that last thing. Um, I, like I said, I used the breath weapon sparingly. One of his legendary actions was recharge breath weapon. And I used that, you know. Okay, I think I used that twice. So I had a breath weapon at the end that I didn't use at all. Um, that charging attack was really good, though. Uh, they also had to um, save or go prone which, you know, then he could do that right before his attack, um, his round, and then have advantage on his attacks. He's just a brutal, brutal guy. And I, I don't think I played him optimally. Well, obviously, I didn't use stuff. So I definitely didn't play him optimally. Um, if I had played him optimally, the players would have had a much bigger challenge. Um... Yeah, so the other, uh, they had a mage and a sorcerer, um, which again, they weren't doing very much damage per hit. Um, and then the cleric, the cleric who got two attacks um, and does, uh, you know, 15 to 20 per attack. So again, he was, you know, sinking down there. He was re resorting to spells. Um, but it was a, it was a tough fight. Um, I, I disintegrated the sorcerer, uh, on like round three of five or six. And it was, it was crazy. Like I disintegrated the sorcerer. <laughs> I killed him dead. And, um, like it was such a good fight, I feel, because the sorcerer then stuck around for the rest of it. Like the, the next hour, the sorcerer was still there, like contributing and talking, you know, um, 
The thing that really killed it, though, was um, Divine Intervention. Uh, the cleric cast Divine Intervention, um, or used his Divine Intervention ability, uh, called his god, rolled like a one or a two. Uh, whenever he needs it bad, um, it comes in. It's always that fucking clutch thing that he gets. Uh, so he was very excited about that. Um, he asked the deity to help. And I was like, well, so the deity will cast any one ninth level spell for you. Ninth level cleric spell. And uh, they were pretty excited about that. And I was like, hey, sorcerer, you know the spells well, so let's contribute to this. And uh, they looked for a, a couple minutes. They were like, hold on, hold on. I'm like, take all the time you need, man. This isn't a pressure thing. This is, uh, you figured this shit out. And we were all looking at spells, and I kind of tossed a couple out there. And then I was like, man, this is, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, how about just pick any spell? Uh, so they started going through wizard spells. And they started throwing some stuff out, this out, that out. Um, and eventually they settled on uh, Meteor Storm, Meteor Swarm. Um, I think that's an 8th level spell, so I upcasted it to 9. And even though uh, the dragon was immune to bludgeoning damage, uh, there was still like 12d10 of um, fire damage. Fire damage? Is that what Meteor Storm does? I think so. Um, and I reminded him that he was uh, resistant to fire damage, so that means he would take half. Um, but I said, since this is not a spell, this is the act of a god, his spell defense is not going to work. Um, this is a god giving, uh, casting a spell-like ability, which in uh, 5e is technically not a spell. 5e has some weird um, rules, and this is one of them. Anything, um, something that is considered magic or considered a spell has to say that it is magic or a spell or it is not considered magic. So if I take half damage on magic and a creature uses a spell-like ability, uh, that does not count. If um, I, I had this uh, hag throw a fireball, but it was a glass jar that exploded over their heads. It was not a spell, um, which was, it frustrated the, the mage at that time because he wanted to absorb it into his um, staff. And I was like, you can't because it's not a spell. It is, it is literally not a spell. It has a spell effect, which is confusing, but it is not a spell. So that's, that's what this, um, this, this divine uh, intervention was. It, was. it was a spell-like ability, and he did not get his half. Uh, so it, the, it was a good roll, too. He rolled a big number. Um, and the dragon was down to, I want to say, like 50 hit points at that time. And he did enough that even having it, um, it, it killed him. Or it got him real close. And it got him real close. Okay. Got him down to like 25. And then the rogue... Um, who, uh, he is a rogue bard fighter, so his single target damage isn't as great 
as the uh, the the 18th Rogue. I think he's the 18 Rogue 2 fighter. Might be 17 Rogue 3 fighter. Not sure. Um, so, but the, the Rogue, who is using a bow because he can't get up close because I keep beating him down. Um, coats his bow with purple worm poison that he has been holding on to since I swear to god like 7th level 13 levels of holding on to this shit and he pulls it out and I'm like you don't know if he's resistant to poison or not you haven't seen that and he's like okay and uh, he, it's funny because he is running he is staying hidden because I'm targeting him he was like the first one to attack the dragon and he attacked the dragon with a goading attack and I was like fine you want some here it is um, but he got the kill. Uh, it was, uh, it was very cool. Um, the, uh, the dragon had a ring on. I, I don't remember what it was called. Uh, but it will, um, it's like a, a contingency healing spell. If it knocks you down to zero, um, you get back up. Um, it's kind of like the, the half-orc thing, but I think it was with more hit points. I want to say it was like with a half your hit points or with 20 hit points, but I don't think it was with one hit point. Uh, thinking about it, I think it was half your hit points. Um, that would have been brutal for them if I continued fighting. Uh, but I put him in the ethereal plane. I said, uh, and as he dies, you see this ring, one of his 10 rings disintegrate. And uh, he... Something. What did he do? I don't remember. He so he, he disappeared. He died and then he vanished. Um, and then I said, um, "Those who can see into the ethereal plane, which I believe is just one of the characters, and, and it was the rogue who wasn't there." <laughs> um, I mentioned that he was up above in the ethereal plane. So, um, and he was like nodding in approval and kind of clapping. So at that point, they were like in a hurry to get uh, the sorcerer resurrected. And I was like, hey, that's no problem. This is an arena. Uh, deaths happen, but they don't want the stars killed. So, you know, there is fucking a free resurrection for you. No problem. And uh, it was a very exciting end. Um, and then, for about a half hour after the session, we pulled up the stat block and all looked at it together. <laughs> and that was, that was fun. That was... <laughs> The, the players getting to look at the creature that they just fought, like, and this guy is fucking tough. Um, getting to appreciate what they had just done, how what they had just overcome without their heavy hitter. Uh, it was amazing. It was, it was um, they were all like in awe of the stat block and in glee at the same time of having killed it. Um, so I think that is a really cool thing that I never had thought of before. Um, it was uh, just one of those things. They started asking questions and someone was like, oh, I, I found it over here on this website. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's all look at it, you know. Because uh, I don't really care about that. Like, it's kind of... Uh, it's it, it doesn't hurt me if you pull up the stat block in the middle of combat and... Um, look at it. You know, it's it doesn't hurt my enjoyment of the game anymore. Um, and by, you know, halfway through the fight, uh, not to say that anybody did pull up the sap block during the fight, but by halfway through the fight, they had figured out most of the stuff. Um, but I think right after the fight, two of them, like, searched it out. 
Um, so, but again, it's it's that uh, it's that curiosity, right? I'm I'm the same way. After after I, not that I play much anymore, but when I play Adventurers League, after I had fought a couple things and been like, hmm, did the DM do that right? Hmm, how does this work? I don't remember that being there. I would always pull up the monster in the monster manual because um, playing you always have downtime. <laughs> uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So. If people are pulling up monsters in the middle of the game, I don't care. That's not hurting my fun. Um, and again, I don't think my players are pulling up monsters in the middle of the game. Um, but uh, I know they sought it out after the game because of the curiosity. Um, anyway, enough with that. Uh, so, uh, the next session, um, I was like, hey, I forgot to ask what you guys are going to do. And... Uh, they were like, started talking about it, and they were like, well, what about this? What about this? And they were like, what do you have prepared? I'm like, I've got, like, one-line preparation for everything. <laughs> what you see here is pretty much my prep. Um, so they were talking about it, and it kind of turned into, like, a little, a little shopping-slash-downtime kind of uh, session. So what it happened, what ended up happening was... Um, Lawson, the Tabaxi Rogue, brought up that he had this the hand and eye of Vecna, and he wants to go destroy it. And how would everybody like to go on that side quest? And that like blew my mind. I was like, doing this in the middle of of recruiting armies to uh, storm the Hells is like it's great. It's Chef's kiss, you know. It's it, it's it's this great topper to what they're already doing, right? And it takes them out of it, and it's still going to benefit them, right? Because they're going to be able to say, oh, yeah, the Hannah I and Vecna, we used to have those, but we destroyed them. Um, so it's going to give them a lot of... Uh, it's going to give them a lot of credit when dealing with extraplanar um, deities, right? And at first they were like, well, maybe we should, like, go to people... And be like, hey, you want this hand and I destroyed? We'll do it for you. You help us. Um, and uh, I kind of, I kind of quickly quashed that idea. I was like, that's no one's going to pay you to do something that you already want to do. Um, but there will be benefits. Like there will be, you know, you will be talked about. <laughs> you know, there. Uh, I didn't say this to them, but there will be songs sang about them. Right, the people who destroyed the hand and I of Vecna. And uh, so they're like, okay, where do we start? And I was like, lost in notes. Lost in notes, all this shit. <laughs> um, and I was like, so give me... Uh, here's, here's what Lost in Knows. I, I think I pasted a World Anvil page about what Lost in found out. Um, and I was like, I need at least 10 minutes to figure out what we're doing here. Uh, so I grabbed uh, one of the Vecna modules. Vecna lives, I want to say. Um, it's the second one. It's got the most inner. It got the most information on uh, Citadel. I need to practice this word. It, it's. It looks like cavities, but it's cavitius, cavitus, something like that. Um, and it is uh, this bone citadel that uh, is Vecna's city. And it 
it uh, it was in I believe uh, it was in Ravenloft and I think it was from somewhere else too I think it was I think it was pulled right out of Flan um, not uh, Flan <laughs> from Forgotten Realms but Flan uh, or Flan S is that what it is uh, the Flan S uh, from Greyhawk um I still have to finish reading about it. I, it's got, the, the one I picked up, I, I like read about all of them during my downtime and I was like, okay, this is the one I want because this has got the most information on it. It has a description of the city and part of the adventure is storming the tower. Um, of course, Vecna is not going to be there uh, because, well, I don't know. Vecna could be there. Vecna could be there. Uh, but it depends on where in the timeline we are, right? Uh, because Vecna, like, <clears throat> these three Vecna modules, um, Vecna is trying to become a god, right? So, uh, he, he does some shit in, um, Greyhawk, and then he, um, gets Ayuz, one of the gods of Greyhawk, an evil god of Greyhawk, uh, after him, or an evil demigod of Greyhawk, after him, because Ayuz thinks that he can steal the information from Vecna to become a demigod. This is incorrect. Um, Vecna's kind of playing everybody. Uh, in fact, Vecna's setting everything up so he can head to the City of Doors and fight the Lady of Pain. Uh, he he is basically the only being who kind of teleports into the city of doors and he directly confronts the lady of pain um, and then basically uh, doing all this he um, he actually gets out of Ravenloft <laughs> tricks the dark powers into uh, and gets out of Ravenloft uh, at, because he is a uh, he's trapped in Ravenloft as a um, as a dark lord so he gets out of Ravenloft and um, heads to uh, Planescape City, uh, City of Doors, Sigil, um, fights the, the, the Lady of Pain, and then um, ascends to Godhood after that, I believe. Um, there is an Easter egg in uh, Curse of Strahd. Um, there is a statue of the God of Secrets in uh, one of the dungeons, the Amber Temple. And the God of Secrets is Vecna. So Vecna is mentioned in uh, Curse of Strahd, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so I don't, I don't know. So I could put this anywhere in the timeline, right? They could be, they could arrive at the time when he is fighting Ayus. So I can maybe even just run this adventure as is. Um, which is interesting. That would be interesting. Um, I don't think I'm going to, though. I think I'm going to steal the Citadel. I'm going to beef up the troops in it. And I'm going to make it so that... Um, this, is, this is after Vecna has ascended. And basically, what they're going to find out tomorrow is that um, that everything is echoes here. Um, there is um, a, a war going on, but it's it's and everybody is being 
quote-unquote controlled by Vecna, right? Like in the original module, but there is there is no Vecna. It's like a shadow of Vecna, right? There's this this apparition of Vecna or whatever that is there and is um, not controlling everybody, but everybody's just kind of going through the motions, right? Since Vecna left. Um, they're, they're still doing the same things, right? They're, they're following the similar orders, right? Uh, because this whole time, Vecna and Cass are basically at war with each other. Um, so that's what's going to be going on. Um, the whole backdrop is going to be this war between Vecna and Cass, but there is no Vecna or Cass. All right. Um, there, there's just this, this like after image of them, right? And nobody, if someone is asked, where's Vecna? I, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't keep track of him, you know? He could be anywhere. You know, no one's going to have a definitive answer for where is Vecna. Um, oh, the Black Tower is his, you know? He's probably in there somewhere, you know? Or he might be wandering around. Or maybe he's out on the battlefield, you know? These are some places he might be. When was the last time you saw him? I don't know. I don't remember. Seems like it wasn't that long ago, but it could have been forever ago. Uh, so that will be very interesting. Um, I'm excited to uh, drop this on the players. Um, now, having them get there, I have placed it on the border of the Shadowfell and the... Uh, plane of negative energy, which, oh my god, there is nothing about in 5th edition. There is a mention of it. Um, and that's it. Uh, we need a Tome of Planes, my friends. We need a Tome of Planes for 5th uh, edition. I would, I would like to see that. Uh, it's cool that we got these little, little bitty things, uh, but there's just not enough information. That reminds me, I believe I do have Planescape, the inner planes, which I will uh, take a look into as well. Um, but yes, I'm very excited and uh, very cool, very happy. Um, so I, I haven't decided how they're going to get there. Um, if, oh, well, I think I'm going to give them the choice, right? They're going to appear in the astral or in the. Um, the border between the Shadowfell and the negative ener energy plane. Um, They're going to be in the negative energy plane on the border. Uh, they will be... Um, they will have two choices, basically. To walk along this infinite edge of the plane. Um, of the planes, right? Where they meet. And uh, try and find this overlap. Or they are going to... Um, there's going to be a city there. A, um, I can't remember the, the word, uh, but so I need to design a little, a little city scene there. Um, and I think either way it goes, they're going to have an encounter because the city isn't necessarily going to be friendly to them. Um, but they're tricky fuckers. So, you know, who knows? They might be able to just pop in there and be like, Hey, we need directions. And they'll be like, there you go. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, more excited than I have been for a while. So it's it's a positive thing. I am uh, getting back onto uh, or into DMing. I think I might even like put all the shit in World Anvil tomorrow uh, to make my DMing easier. 
So, uh, or tonight, maybe. I've, uh, it is what-if night, so I am staying up till midnight. Uh, so I might do that while I stay up and wait. Um, at any rate, I think that's about all that I'm ready to, all the information I'm ready to give right now. Um, I do have some other plans, but I'd like to keep them secret. Um, I'll put this out, uh, tomorrow night, probably, or, um, the next morning, uh, after the game. So, uh, the stuff I've spilled in here should have been covered already. And, uh, yeah, I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Want to start editing your audio and video, but just don't have the time? Try Descript. Descript's an all-in-one audio and video editor that makes editing as easy as using a Word doc. You upload your recordings straight into Descript, or you can record straight into Descript. It instantly transcribes your file into text, and then you can tweak it with the text or using the media clips. Edit out filler words and silent gaps with a single click. Uh, you can record your screen and webcam presentations and video messages and edit out mistakes before publishing. Using pro features such as non-destructive multi-track editing, live collaboration, auto-captioning, exports, and much more. Descript is what I use when I edit my podcast. Not that I edit my podcast. Got an affiliate link in the description below. That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at slackernerds.com. Want to reach out? Send a voice message using the link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website, or email me at cockatriesnuggets at gmail.com. Check out my new streams on twitch.tv slash jerry247. As always, you can use my blog at Slacker Nerds to get links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join my new Discord server. Links in the show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share with your friends or shout out from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out, it's great for me. Thanks for listening.